Imagine you get to take a trip to this incredible place you've always wanted to go. You're super excited and you've done a lot of planning and preparation, but just as you're getting started on the trip, you realize that you're going to have some interesting traveling companions with you along the way. Some of them are pleasant and helpful, but there are also some travelers who are negative and annoying. You try to avoid the unpleasant traveling companions. You try to get rid of them. You even argue with some of them. But all your efforts to control these companions leave you so exhausted and discouraged that you give in and let them dominate the trip. Or maybe you just give up on the trip and go back home. This story is similar to some of the metaphors from acceptance and commitment therapy, a model I'm using to help you understand and manage the thoughts and feelings that make healthy lifestyle changes hard to sustain. Welcome to the Resilient Health Podcast. I'm Lori Copeland, a licensed professional counselor and national board certified health and wellness coach. I integrate psychotherapy concepts and strategies into a health coaching model to help people make sustainable changes and move toward the health they want. In this episode, we'll explore how our thoughts and feelings can have so much power to pull us away from the health we want. I'll end the episode, like I always do, with an action step you can take to apply the concepts to your unique circumstances and goals. It's always been popular to describe life as a journey, and we all know that where we actually go on this journey is determined by the interaction between the events and circumstances we can't control and the way we respond to what we can't control and make choices that are consistent with the person we want to be. It seems like it should be easier to make those healthy choices, especially as we get older, but it's not. I've really appreciated the metaphor from acceptance and commitment therapy that compares our thoughts and feelings to traveling companions. I'll share three reasons why I like it so much. First of all, the metaphor reminds us that our thoughts and feelings are not us. Thoughts and feelings, physical sensations, they're just experiences that we have that are influenced by what's happened in our life and the present circumstances. So many of the issues we have are because we give these thoughts and feelings too much power. Therapists teach their clients to externalize their difficult feelings and thoughts. A common suggestion is to try changing the inner dialogue. For example, instead of saying to yourself, I'm depressed or I'm anxious, you say, I'm noticing that I'm having a feeling of depression. Or, I'm noticing that I'm having anxious feelings. I've said to myself many times, I'm noticing that I'm having that fear of failure that comes up when I'm taking on a new challenge. Doing this helps me to recognize and accept that familiar pattern of thinking and feeling and actually diffuse the power it has over me. When we distance ourselves from these thoughts and feelings and see them for what they are, 
we have more control over our response to them, and they have less power. The second thing I like about the traveling companions metaphor is that it emphasizes the reality that we can't actually control our thoughts and feelings, just our response to them. Remember how everybody's always talking about try really hard not to think of pink elephants? Well, it's that thing. You can't control what you think. You can't control what you feel. Now, there are things we can do that will, over time, change our patterns of thinking and feeling. But in the moment, at that choice point, we can't control thoughts and feelings. In fact, the more we try to control them, the more power they have, because we get ourselves into a struggle with them that we can't win. Finally, the metaphor helps us to identify our unique patterns of thinking and feeling that are influencing the choices we make. Choices that move us either toward or away from the health we want. Having a better understanding of these patterns helps us to notice them so they don't have so much power when we reach a choice point. So imagine that these traveling companions are your thoughts, feelings, and sensations that are sometimes helpful, but sometimes they pull you away from, our, from the path toward what's important to you. If you didn't have these companions, both helpful and unhelpful, you wouldn't be human. Before I give you a list of companions that might be influencing your ability to be successful and enjoy your journey toward the health you want, I want to emphasize that they aren't in categories of good or bad, but challenging and helpful. First, I'll introduce you to five types of difficult companions that challenge us. And if we don't recognize and manage them, they hook us away from moving toward our vision for the health we want. Remember, they're not our enemies, just those things we refer to as part of the human condition. That's why we just accept them without entering into a struggle with them. They're along for the journey. But the key is, they don't get to be in charge. The first difficult companion is the perfectionist. The perfectionist is saying, you have to be in control of everything, or mistakes are bad. This companion is related to feelings of inadequacy and fear of failure. We also see what we call all or nothing thinking with this companion who tries to convince you that you can't make the right choices until all the conditions are met to do it perfectly. Does this thought process sound familiar? I have to wait until blank before I can blank. How about I need to find the perfect diet or plan that will be the answer to my problem. I had an unhealthy breakfast, so the day is ruined. I'll start tomorrow and do everything right. The perfectionist is always comparing you to other people who seem to be doing everything right. The next companion is uh, something I call the whiner. The whiner is comfort-driven. 
It's that caveman or child part of your brain. The whiner is saying, make it stop. Or I need that fat, sugar, carb, salty experience to calm down and feel better. It's the only thing that will help. This companion that will try to convince you that an extra 30 minutes of sleep is more important than exercise. This companion will try to convince you that there's no way you can be happy and live a healthy lifestyle. Those things are just contradictory. You cannot win an argument with the whiner. You can only ignore this companion. I call the next one the cup half empty companion. This one is pessimistic and fearful and depressed. I imagine this one is a little bit like Eeyore from the Winnie the Pooh stories. Maybe it's been your tendency to quiet your anxiety or medicate your depression with food or drink or time-wasting distractions like social media or television. This companion tries to convince you that worrying is the one thing you can do about those things you have no control over. We all experience feelings of fear and depression, but if your anxiety and depression is too powerful, you should consider seeing a therapist. Because I am a therapist, I know people need more than a podcast to help them get through depression and anxiety, especially when it interferes with their life. The next companion that is challenging and difficult is the pleaser. The pleaser will allow that need for approval to override your values. The desire to please others isn't the same as making relationships a priority. The pleaser is about trying too hard or maybe even feeling a need for love and acceptance in the wrong way. You may have been sent messages all your life that being assertive and taking care of yourself is selfish and wrong. It's important to recognize when your desire to please that coworker, friend, or family member is hooking you away and pulling you away from making the healthy choices you want to make. If you've grown up in an environment where food is love, the idea of not preparing those traditional comfort foods or not eating them when they're offered in love maybe feels wrong. Or maybe the pleaser companion affects you by encouraging you to spend all your time doing things for others, leaving you with no time left to focus on your own health. Our last difficult companion is the manipulator. This companion is about the thought processes that we call rationalization. The manipulator teams up with the other hooking companions that I've introduced and convinces you to go with the old unhealthy habit. For example, the manipulator tells you things like, this situation is an exception. After you've had a rough day or when you're out of town or if the weather is cold or really hot or if it's the weekend, the manipulator also says things like, you deserve this or everyone else does it so it must be the right thing to do. How about you can start tomorrow and get back on track, but today... When we listen and obey the manipulator, we end up doing those things that have a negative impact on our health 
or we don't do those things that would have a positive impact. So those are our difficult companions. So how much power do these difficult companions have to hook you? Acceptance and commitment therapy encourages you to recognize the presence of these thought processes and feelings and just accept them without struggling with them or letting them be in charge. The real key to reducing their power over our choices is to strengthen the helpful companions. So let's talk about them now. I have a list of six helpful companions. I can't emphasize enough that the ability to shift your focus from the difficult companions to the helpful ones is the key to unhooking and making healthier choices. The first helpful companion is the one I call the historian. The historian reminds you of what you've learned from the past. There's a popular poem by Portia Nelson about how a person falls into the same hole in the sidewalk until they eventually learn to take a different way. It's all about how we have to learn from our experiences instead of just making them the same mistake over and over again. Why do people always go back to that diet that helped them lose weight, but never helped them sustain the healthy habits? And they always gain the weight back because the diet was weight loss, not lifestyle focused. The historian reminds you that diet mentality has never really helped you to make long-term changes toward a healthier lifestyle. The historian also reminds us of the holes we fall into over and over again. Finally, the historian reminds us that our thoughts, feelings, and experiences are temporary. And like the weather, they will eventually go away. This reminder may help us to ride that wave of what we're experiencing rather than fight with it. The next helpful companion is the coach. The coach works together with a historian and gathers information about health helps us develop and strengthen good habits, and comes up with a solid plan for how we can handle circumstances. If you've brought a healthy lunch to work, it's easier to resist the temptation to eat the convenience or comfort foods that might be very luring when lunchtime comes. If you have your exercise clothes laid out the night before, it's easier to get up quickly and put them on. If you've set up a planned exercise with a friend, you'll be more likely to keep that commitment. Keeping reminders of your vision for health front and center throughout the day will help you stay focused. The third helpful companion is the encourager. Hopefully, you have people in your life who encourage you, but you also have to listen to your own voice of encouragement. The concepts of self-compassion and self-care are very popular right now. I think that's because counselors and individuals are realizing how hard we are on ourselves. The encourager is the companion who tells us that our value is not based on what we do or what other people think of us. Listening to this voice is important. When we do get hooked by the difficult companions and need to get back on track. For me, this is a powerful spiritual experience of love and acceptance 
and ultimately strengthens my capacity to love and accept others. I call the next one the adventurer. This companion keeps you from allowing the difficult companions to prevent you from experiencing the joy that's right in front of you in the moment. The adventurer strengthens your willingness to change and enhances your ability to accept the reality that change is not easy. You can keep the adventurer close to you on your journey by integrating creativity and challenge into your lifestyle habits. Try a new app on your phone to learn meditation. Make movement fun by trying new activities. Learn to cook with interesting vegetables and new seasoning blends. Live by the popular Eleanor Roosevelt quote to do something every day that scares you. I call the next one the noticer. The noticer helps us to be aware of what's going on at the choice points throughout the day. Helping us to activate that pause before we engage in those automatic patterns of responding and help us to make better choices. One example of what you can do that is something the noticer can help you with is learning about and implementing the practice of mindful eating. The last companion is the welcomer. This companion is telling you to stop struggling with what you can't control. Acceptance of those circumstances you can't control may require letting go of future outcomes and focusing on your effort and choices in the moment. The welcomer reminds you to stop labeling the events and experiences of your life as good or bad and just see them as part of your unique journey. You may have a body that resists weight loss. You may have a health issue that makes it more difficult to engage in the healthy behaviors that you believe would make a big difference in your life. You may have a life circumstance right now that seems to be so consuming and taking up all of your time and energy. Listening to the welcomer will help you work with these circumstances instead of blaming them for your inability to control what you actually can control, which is your behavior in response to the challenge of the moment. So that's my list of companions. All these companions are based on what I've observed in my own life and in other people I've worked with. Let me review that This metaphor of imagining our thought processes and feelings as companions on our journey is powerful because it helps us to externalize these thoughts, feelings, and sensations when they occur. Learn to kind of step back from that thought or feeling and recognize it as an experience you're having that you can't control but must acknowledge and accept. The more you do this externalizing, the easier it gets to prevent the difficult companions we talked about to throw you off track and engage in the helpful ones so you can move toward your vision for the life you want.
Now it's time for the action step. The first part of the action step is for you to spend some time identifying who your companions are, the difficult ones and the helpful ones. List them and name them. Be creative. I have some clients who've actually drawn pictures of them or attached specific characters from books, TV, or movies. The amazing part of this ACT strategy is that as you construct an identity for these patterns of thinking and feeling, the easier it is for you to identify them, understand their power, and disconnect from it. A lot of this power comes from just remembering that your thoughts, feelings, and sensations are not you. They're just experiences that you're having. After you've developed your list of companions, you can practice some ways to manage the difficult ones. Here's some examples. The first one involves using drone imagery. If you're not your thoughts, feelings, or sensations, who are you? A popular strategy is to imagine that you've left your body and you're like a drone hovering above, looking down, observing what you're experiencing. From this drone perspective, you can just observe the thoughts, feelings, and circumstance you're experiencing without engaging in those things or judging yourself. So who you are in this drone perspective is like your core self. Your core self is made up of your values and it's your stable identity. So next time you're experiencing a challenging situation, take a minute and just imagine being in that drone position. Take a deep breath or maybe a few and observe yourself from that perspective. But remember to do it with compassion, not judgment. Another helpful strategy is just engage in what therapists have always called self-talk. Here are some statements that you can use to manage the difficult companions when they get loud and annoying. I kind of mentioned this before, but this is such a powerful technique. Use that idea of saying, I'm noticing that I'm having the thought about and fill in the blank. Or I'm noticing that I'm having the feeling of And then consider how the experience is different when a person says, I'm so anxious. And when a person says, I'm noticing that I'm having that feeling of anxiety. Here are some other more specific examples. I'm noticing that I'm having that Eeyore feeling that comes up after I've had a hard day at work. I'm noticing that I'm having that feeling of inadequacy. I'm noticing that I'm having those thoughts about scary things that could happen in the future. After you notice the thought or feeling, you can tell yourself some other things, like, it's just a thought. It's just a feeling. I'm not going to struggle with it. I'm not going to give in to it. I'll just accept it and stay focused on what I can control and what's most important to me. You might also say, 
the way I feel right now is temporary. Feelings change just like the weather. How about this? I can't control my thoughts and feelings, but I don't have to let them be in charge of what I do. Now, those are my examples. So I suggest you write some very specific ones that will target your unique group of traveling companions. Now, as you do this self-talk, it really helps to take that deep breath and use some of those breathing techniques that maybe you've learned in some meditation or relaxation strategies. After you've written your statements, keep the statements close and reflect on them frequently. Managing thoughts and feelings is not easy. Being resilient means believing you can do a little better and even doing a little better will make a difference. Thank you for listening to the Resilient Health Podcast. If you'd like to email me, you can email me at resilienthealthpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas and feedback.